This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. An elderly man once said, I'm an old man and I don't remember many things, but I remember these two things. I'm a great sinner and Jesus is a great Savior. Today we want to talk about why we need a Savior. I hope you'll stay tuned as we discuss this today. Hello, I'm Billy Lambert, and I want to welcome you to Getting to Know Your Bible today. And today on Getting to Know Your Bible, we're offering a free Bible correspondence course. And I would like to put in highlights the word free because it will cost you nothing. We just want you to have this course so you can study the Bible for yourself and learn more about the Bible. And in order that you might know more about the course and how you can receive it, we're going to pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. Today we're going to be talking about why we need a Savior. And there are a couple of passages that I'd like to read to you from the book of Acts chapter 4. And they're verses 11 and 12. L listen while I read them. This is a stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby you must be saved. J Jesus Christ came into the world with a purpose, with a mission. God sent him into the world. In John chapter 4 and verse 34, Jesus said, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me. So Jesus was sent. In John sh chapter 6 and verse 38, he said, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. So Jesus Christ was sent into the world. He was sent into the world with a mission, with a purpose. In Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, we learn the purpose, that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. So Jesus had a mission, and there is no other Savior for mankind. Uh, some people say, well, you have your Savior, I have my Savior. But the Bible teaches, the Bible teaches, there's no other, no other Savior other than Jesus. Listen to chapter 4 of Acts and verse 12 again. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby you, you must be saved. And so Jesus Christ is, is depicted in that passage 
is being not a Savior, but being the Savior, the only Savior. Uh, sometimes people will say, well, you know, you have your way to God, I have my way to God. Well, there's one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ, the Savior. In John 14 and 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So Jesus is the Savior. Someone says, well, don't you think that's pretty narrow of you to say that? Well, the fact is, truth is always narrow. Two plus two equals four. That's pretty narrow, isn't it? Two plus two does not equal five. It does not equal three. Truth is absolute, and truth is not narrow. Truth is absolute. And so there is, the Bible teaches that there is only one sa Savior, and that one Savior is the Lord Jesus Christ. But why do we need one? Why do we need a Savior? Well, one of the reasons I'd suggest that man needs a Savior is because of sin. And all of us are sinners. Sin is described in the Bible as a violation of the law of God. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 4, we, when we transgress His law, it's sin. And it is omitting what we ought to be doing, that we know what is right and we fail to do it. James 4, 17, to know to do good and fail to do it, that's sin. And all of us are sinners. The word sin actually means to miss the mark. It means to miss the mark. And all of us miss the mark, don't we? There's only one person who never missed the mark, and that's Jesus. Jesus Christ lived a perfect life. He did no sin, neither was any guile found in His mouth. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 21 to 23. Jesus Christ lived a perfect life, but we're sinners. All we like sheep have gone astray, and we've turned every man to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all, Isaiah 53, verse 6 and 7. See, He said we turn every man to his own way. Everyone seems to have their own way of sinning. What is your weakness may not be mine. What is mine may not be yours. What is my undoing may not be your undoing. But you see, well, all are sinners. There's none good, no, not one. Romans chapter 3 and verse 10. Verse 23 of Romans 3 says, For all have sinned, all have sinned, and come short of the glory of God. Uh, I had a man to tell me one day that he had never sinned. And he said that he had never defiled himself in any way. But with further discussion with this man, he became so upset and so angry that I'm afraid he may have sinned right there in my presence. The fact is we all are subject to, be, to being tempted and sometimes we yield to that temptation and when we do, the Bible calls it sin. All have sinned, and there are no exceptions, regardless of where you live, regardless of the color of your skin, regardless of your status in life, we all have sinned. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 8, And sin is deceptive now. Sin promises a lots of things that it does not deliver. For example, sin promises light. But in the place of light, it gives you darkness. Sin promises you health. 
but in the place of health, it brings you sickness. Sin promises you happiness and joy. But, but in the place of happiness and joy, sin brings you sorrow. Sin, sin promises you love. But, but in the place of love, sin brings you hate. Sin promises you heaven. But in the place of heaven, sin, sin brings you hell. You see, it's so deceptive. And a person can be so deceived by sin that they're not aware that they are sinning against God. And we miss the mark when we sin against God. And our world today is in need of Jesus because the world is on fire with sin. Our world today is on a collision course with disaster because of sin. 1 John chapter 5 says the whole world lies in wickedness. And indeed it does. The whole world is filled with sin. And yet, in modern times, many are silent about declaring the danger of sin in, to our souls. And we need to lift up our voices like a trumpet. We need to show people their transgressions. We need to show people their sins. As I talk, Isaiah talked about in Isaiah 58 and verse 1. Yeah, we need a Savior. Of course we need a Savior. A loving Savior. And it's because of sin. And, and we need a Savior. Another reason is, is because man is man and, and is not an animal. Now animals don't need a Savior. Because animals have no soul. When God created man in, from the dust of the ground, He breathed into His nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. That's found in Genesis 2 and verse 7. Man is composed of body and spirit, body and soul. In Matthew 10, 28, Jesus said, Fear not them who are able to destroy the body, but hath no power over the soul. Or rather fear Him who is able to destroy both soul and the body in hell. Man is man, and because of who he is, made in God's image, created the image of God, and man has a soul. I think it's really more correct to say that man has a body and he is a soul. The soul lives in that body. James describes death in James chapter 2 like this, For as the body without the spirit is dead. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead also. So the man, man dies when there is the separation of the soul from the body. For example, in Genesis 35, 18, speaking of one of the matriarchs of the Old Testament, the, the Scripture says that, that, that while her soul was departing, for she died. Well, she died when what happened? She died when there was the departure of her soul from the body. See, that's the characteristic of man. Man is created with a soul, a soul that, can, that will live throughout all eternity somewhere. Jesus even made this statement in Matthew 16, 26. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? You ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about what it would be like to lose your soul then he said, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? A lot of people do lots of things 
in exchange for their soul. They sell their souls to the devil. But you see, man needs a savior because he's not an animal. He is a man created in the image of God, and man needs a savior. And many neglect their body. They rather neglect their soul, but they pamper the body. They want to take care of all their creature comforts, but they, they're not concerned about their soul. But they should be. Are you concerned about your soul? You know, in Luke 12, Jesus told about a man who was a rich farmer, and his grounds brought forth plentifully. And the text says, He thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? I have no room where to bestow my fruits and my goods. He said, This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pull down my barns. I'll build greater. And that's where I'm going to bestow all of my fruits and my goods. And I'll say to my soul, Soul, you've got goods laid up for many years. Take your ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. And God came to him and said, You're a foolish man. Because this very night, your soul will be required of you. And he said, then he asked, Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? You see, man has a soul. Don't neglect your soul. We need Jesus as a Savior, our Savior, because we are sinners and because we have a soul that's going to last forever and ever. Man is man. He's not just like an animal. And we need a Savior because we need help. We need help. We, we can't do things by ourselves. I know some people think they do everything by themselves and, and they boast about what they do by themselves. But while you go through this old world, of, of this old rugged world, this field with thorns and thistles of life. People, we need help. We need guidance. I need guidance, don't you? Have you ever been in some situation and you wondered, what in the world am I going to do about it? I've been in places like that. But it's in times like that that I consult the Scriptures because that's where I get guidance. Uh, someone says, well, I think I can do it myself, Brother Lambert. I think I can take care of it myself. Well, you're that's, that's what we've been trying to do for so long in our nation. And, and good people, we've made a miserable mess of things trying to do it ourselves without divine guidance. Jeremiah 10, 23 says, O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. Man does not have the, the ability. He does not have the knowledge. He does not have the foresight to be able to guide himself. We need God guiding us. We need Jesus guiding us. Somebody says, well, I think my way is good enough. I'm reminded of Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof the ways of death. You see, it's not enough just to be in a way. We need to be in the way that the Lord has given to us. We need a Savior. And we need a Savior because of sin. 
And sin is real. It's real. We need a Savior because I'm a man and I'm not some kind of an animal. I have a soul that's going to be somewhere 10,000 years from now. It'll be somewhere in eternity. And I need a Savior because I need help. Are you happy? I need help for happiness, don't you? And there is a place where true happiness is found. And that's with Jesus. Listen to Philippians 4 and verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. This is so important that, the, that Paul the, the penman said, said it twice. Rejoice, rejoice. And rejoicing is found in Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord. Some people rejoice in things of which they ought to be ashamed. But real joy, real happiness is found with Jesus. We need guidance that we might have that joy, that happiness in our lives. We need the guidance of the Lord and we need an example to follow. I, I don't always know what I need to be doing as a Christian. And that's the reason I have an example to follow. For here and where you call because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example. 1 Peter 2.21 Jesus is our example. 1 John 2 and verse 6 says we ought to walk like Jesus walked. You wonder how to live your life? Well, look at the model of, of Christ. Look at His example. Someone was talking the other day about cursive writing. And, and I'm not particularly known for my uh, extraordinary penmanship. It looks more like hieroglyphics than anything else when I get through. But, but I had a teacher in school that tried to teach cursive writing to me. And she'd give you a sheet of paper. And at the top of that piece of paper, there would be all of the ABCs going across. And those ABCs were in cursive. And she would instruct me to right underneath the A, where you have the example, you write A. And then you B, and all the way across until you've written down all the alphabet. And then you get down under that, and you do it again, and again, and again. Well, now, what I would do, rather than going back to the top of the page where you had the perfect example to follow, I would follow the example that I just wrote underneath that. And then I'd follow the example the, underneath that uh, of what I had just written. By the time I got to the bottom of the page, the, the ABCs that I had written did not even closely resemble the perfect model at the top. Jesus is the perfect model at the top. Jesus Christ is the one who gives us an example of how to live our lives. If you want to know how to get along with people, well, why don't you follow the example of Jesus? Jesus even taught us how to get along with people. In Matthew 7 and 12, Jesus said, Whatsoever you would that men should do unto you, do, do you also unto them. You treat others like, like you want to be treated. 
if you want to know how to really love people and you, you struggle with that, you know, some people are not easy to love, but you struggle with that. And you maybe even have some people that don't love you and, and you struggle with that. Well, the example of Jesus will help you. You know, Jesus was on the cross dying and he prayed, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. There's an example. We follow that example of how we ought to treat people that don't like us, people that have harmed us, done, danger, done dangerous things to us. What a forgiving attitude. And we ought to love them. We ought to love all mankind. But really the way that people know you're Christian is by the love you have for others. In John 13, 34 and 35, Christ said, A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another even as I have loved you. And by this shall all men know you're my disciples if, 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 if you have love one for another. If we have love for each other, that's how people know that we've been with Jesus. You see, we need a Savior because I, I need to know how to live my life and Jesus Christ is the one who has given me that help. I need hope. Don't you need some hope? I think the one thing that people are desirous of in our world today is hope. So many people feel hopeless. Hopeless. As Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1, Christ is our hope. He is our hope. And He's our only hope. Can you imagine being without hope? Hopeless? Well, you see, Jesus Christ is the one who provides hope for, our li for living. Because of Jesus, I know the past has been forgiven. I know the future is secure. And I know the, the is secure and the present is, uh, is taken care of. He's going to take care of me in the present hour. I have hope. Just a few days ago, I preached a funeral of a friend of mine man that I'd been friends with, a gospel preacher I'd known for over 50 years. We had so many good times together. And as I stood by his graveside, I said, now the next great event in his life is going to be the resurrection of the dead and that we have that hope. You see, that's how you get hope. Jesus is our hope. You see why we need Jesus as our Savior? You, you see, He is my everything. Paul said He is all and in all in Colossians 3 and verse 11. Is He your all in all? He can be. You just have to surrender your life to Him. We need Jesus because we need Him. And, and, and we need a Savior because there's a judgment on the way. Oh, I know. We don't want to think about that, do we? Oh, we don't want to think about a judgment day. I said, here you go, Brother Lambert. You went and spoiled it all talking about a judgment day. Well, Paul wrote about the judgment day. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. That was Daniel Webster who said, 
that, that the most serious thought he ever entertained was the thought of giving account to God on that day. It is going to be a serious thing to stand before God on the judge. Now, if I've lived my life for Jesus, given my life to Christ through obedience to the gospel of Christ, and by, by dying to sin in my life and being buried with Christ in the waters of baptism and rising to walk in the newness of life, according to Paul, Romans 6, verses 1 through 7, that on that day all be well with my soul. But you see, I need to accept Jesus as my Savior. You've never accepted Him as your Savior until you believe in Him. You've never accepted Him as your Savior unless you uh, repent of your sins. You've never accepted Him unless you're willing to confess your faith in Christ. You've never accepted Him unless you're baptized because Jesus said so. Not because Brother Lambert said so. Because Jesus said to do it. Listen to Him. Mark 16, this is in your Bible, incidentally. In Mark 16 and verse 16, He that believeth one, is baptized two, shall be saved three. If you do that, you live the faithful Christian life. The Lord you add you to His body, and when you appear in the judgment, you have nothing to fear, because all be well with your soul. But because there's going to be a judgment of all mankind, we need a Savior. And then in closing, we need a Savior. We need a Savior because I'm a candidate for eternity. I don't quite understand eternity. It just is a, it's a dimension where there's no time. And we're all candidates for eternity, headed on a journey to, into eternity. We go about our life busily doing things here and there. But one day all of that will come to a close and because eternity will begin for me and for you. I want to thank you for watching, getting to know your Bible today. You need Christ. You really need Jesus. And if we can help you in your journey to finding Christ in your life, please let, get in contact with us. Now, let me give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. This could be the beginning point in your life of on your journey to eternity. Also, pick up the telephone right now. Call for the free Bible correspondence course that we've been talking about. Or if you prefer, you can take it online. I want to thank you for watching today, and until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, 
or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.